Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl 2020 here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And of course, as always, joined by not only somebody who helped create the Baby Bowl, who is in charge of the Baby Bowl, who takes all the heat when something goes wrong on the Baby Bowl, but also somebody doing very well in the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton. How are you doing tonight, Rob? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You can follow Rob on Twitter. Great follow. Does a lot of DFS stuff, a lot of fantasy football stuff, of course, but thoughts on other things as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Norton0723 on Twitter. Don't forget about following me, Wes Easley, at Loafinit on Twitter. Rob, this week was really a a crazy week uh, as far as fantasy football goes, I think. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, but you have a friend, somebody you've known for a long time, who is about to join us here because he is the week six winner of the baby bowl. Yeah, for sure. It's a, uh, a buddy from that goes way back. And, um, you know, we went to school together and, uh, we're in a lot of the, uh, same actual like home leagues and everything. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he took it down this week. Oh, I'm going to get some dirt on you, I believe. Hey, let me bring into the show Blake Bruce, better known as Bruce on the Loose on Twitter. You can follow him. Let's get him over to over 1,000 followers, if you don't mind. Uh, everybody that's listening to this podcast, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a loved one about getting Bruce on the Loose, over 1,000 followers. He is on Twitter, at Blake underscore Bruce. How you doing tonight, Blake? Doing great, man. Doing great, especially after that big win like this weekend here. Well, you had to be parading around. I don't. I want to say proud as a peacock, but you're Bruce on the loose, so you always remind me of like a Bruce Moose kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> That's the first time I've got that. So. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it really? Bruce on a uh, Bruce Moose? Yeah, yeah. That's a new one. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that is. I don't know. There must have been some kind of Bruce character, like a moose or something, because every time I hear uh, Bruce on the loose, I just I think of a moose. I. <laughs> All right, I'm cool with a little Rocky Bullwinkle, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> my brain, a little inside uh, to my brain. But, uh, Bruce, you're going to have to just keep working in stories about Rob since you've yes. been in these fantasy yeah. leagues with him all throughout the years. Just you know, <laughs> just, just keep working in some things about what he's done crazy and stuff like that on, uh, on this podcast, if you don't Definitely. mind, so we can yeah. all have a little dirt on Rob. Sounds wonderful. Okay, so uh, Bruce, you're you're the star of the show. We always like to highlight things that you do. Just like Tua Tagovailoa is taking over the starting job, you have taken over the starter's position here on this podcast. Uh, so let me ask you first, what did you think of that Tua move in Miami today? Oh, man, I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, I liked watching on the sidelines when they were kind of, you know, Fitzpatrick working and coaching him up. But yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of Tua, um, you know, rooting for him coming back from that injury. So it'll be exciting to see what they do in Miami. And, and Fitzpatrick's still a great quarterback. I, I agree. It's interesting because um, like Blake said, Fitz has been great. I mean, honestly, like he's, he's been a, a great quarterback so far and even um, just a great teammate and, and everything. So uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll be fine playing, playing the uh, backup mentor role. Um, if that's what, officially happens going forward and you know it'll be interesting to see honestly too like if they have anything lined up in terms of a trade but you know if I was Miami I don't know if I would or not I mean I guess it depends on what you can get but you know I don't know if I would or not considering how how well Fitz has played and also how how much the team seems to love him and too is a great student from you know everything that we've seen from him so and I think Fitzpatrick would be good in that mental role, though. You know, I'm sure their phones are blowing up as we speak right now. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that could really use a quarterback 
like Fitzpatrick. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things go moving forward. But you know, either way, I think Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitz Magic, he's he's willing to work with it and ultimately get it done. I think he is definitely that teammate who is willing to work with it. Like you said, he he won't publicly display any displeasure. You know, we saw him out there on the field clapping and cheering for Tua to come out there and stuff like that on whenever he got to play some mop-up time against the Jets. And I've heard that this has always been the plan is to put Tua in there after this bye week in week seven to put him in there in week eight and make him the starter. But I just, I, I can't, I don't want it to end with Fitzpatrick. Okay. That that's me. I am a selfish guy. I don't know if you guys know that about me or not. I am selfish and I do not want Fitzpatrick to go away. I have had in my lifetime, some of these quarterbacks like this who have just kind of passed through the halls of Wes's quarterback hallway, you know, of uh, NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Jim McMahon is one of them, just mm. a super character. You know, he was just a super character and it was so uh, a short lifespan. Whenever he was playing in Chicago, I miss those days. Jay Cutler, was another guy yes, and yes, yes. Just, just so animated, so passionate, could care less that he's playing quarterback. <laughs> That's what it seemed like sometime. I know he loved it. And I know he, he loved slinging the rock and he just loved having fun out there is what it seemed like. But at the same time, he didn't take it so serious that he, he just choked under pressure or just, you know, he wasn't fun to watch because you never knew what was going to happen with Jay Cutler. And I think it's the same thing with Fitzpatrick. He just loves it. Just loves playing it. Yeah, I I completely agree on that. Like Fitz, Fitz is definitely one of the the more fun guys to watch, more fun guys to root for. And you know he's 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 up there in age, but he's still he's still playing hard as ever and and having you know a great time out there. I can't see how Miami thinks that this is going to make them win more games. And I I'm I'm sorry, I'm scared for Tua. Tua is my guy. I'm here in Alabama, so Tua Tagovailoa. It, you guys know I fumbled names all the time, but I can say Tua Tagovailoa just rolls right off my tongue because I practiced <laughs> it so many times. It, I, I can't see how him going I'm, – I'm scared for him. Him going in there against the Rams is any way, shape, or form going to allow the Miami Dolphins to tr- have a shot at winning that game more so than Fitzpatrick in that game. I, I just I, – I kind of scratch in my head if they don't trade Fitzpatrick. I'm kind of scratching my head. No, I mean you know, I agree with that. Uh, the timing of it's really weird too because – why didn't they get too early, you know, into the game earlier if this was the plan moving forward? They really only let him have that one drive where he, what, did two checkdowns and, you know, ran the ball. So, or, I mean, handed it off, I guess. Not, he didn't even run it himself. But, uh, you know, so it's just really weird timing. And, and I agree. It's, there's no way that that's going to set him up, you know, to be better than, you know, Fitzpatrick. But, too, he's an athlete, and, as you know, probably watching him in Alabama. So, It'll be exciting to watch him, but I agree. I'm also a little worried for him. I'm, I'm very worried. Doc, I guess that Rams full of mine. That's scary. Hey, Aaron Jones is Let's go over your lineup, your winning baby yeah. bowl lineup this week, Bruce, if you have it there in front of you, or yes, if, Rob, you have it. Yeah, so at quarterback, um, I ultimately went with Kyler Murray. I, I didn't have uh, you know too much input at other quarterbacks. I, that's that's kind of how my strategy's been, and, and it really hasn't worked up until this point. Um, <laughs> I think I was on uh, Daniel Jones the week prior, and obviously that did not work well. I think I played Cam Newton when he scored 12. So it's been a rough go at quarterback, but you know I felt real proud watching watching my little man scramble around last night against against the boys. <laughs> he looked really good. <laughs> he only threw it what like ten times and still had uh, tw- almost thirty points. So I think we all had him, didn't we, Rob? 
I know I did for sure. Yeah, I did. I, I did. I, you did too. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't check yours yet. I was looking. I was looking for you, and I didn't. I didn't check yours yet. But yeah, he was. He, I think he was one of the more popular ones when it came down to it. Playing, you know, obviously he's he's awesome as is. Plus with that Dallas defense, so I think a lot of people who hadn't hadn't used him yet were gonna lean towards him. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I, you guys know that I I just can't remember things very well. And I set this lineup sometime Saturday, Saturday night, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then I, you send out those things on Sunday night, uh, the first initial after, after the first games are done or after the games are done. And I saw I had 20 points, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to beat my record 44 low. And then I started having to think about who I had at quarterback, and I was like, okay, maybe I haven't played that much. But I saw a lot of people's scores were pretty low. They A lot of people were invested in that Monday night uh, Kansas City game and also the uh, Arizona game. Who else did you have, Bruce? Yeah, so I, at running back, you know, I like followed the suit there, and I had Alexander Madison just just like about everybody else. Um I definitely really considered starting at one point I had Adrian Peterson in that slot and uh, you know, I'll get to one of the other receivers I had, but ultimately I just, I just wasn't sure um, felt feeling comfortable on what exactly was going to happen in that Detroit game. If it was going to be a lot of passing or a lot of running. So I went to Madison just thinking he would get more than four points, <laughs> but uh, you know, it worked out because everyone else was on him and it's just unfortunate how bad he or how poorly he actually did. And then the other running back I, I went with was Miles Gaskin, um, you know, watching him play in Miami. Uh, he's looked really good early and they keep getting involved more and more each week. And, um, you know, the metrics on him are actually really positive as well. So I, I was really excited to see what he would do against, uh, you know, against the Jets there. Um, and I was I was I was uh, happy with the results with him. Um, I, I, I think I had the same ones uh, as far as running backs go. I had that, and everybody played Madsen last week, didn't mm-hmm. they, Rob? Yeah, I was going to say, I think there was only a couple lineups. I hadn't looked through every one, and I kind of wish it would show me, like, ownership percentage. I, I haven't really che- checked around with it um, too much, but I haven't seen a spot where it shows ownership percentage. But I'm guessing he was, like, 90% owned because I, I can't find too many lineups that didn't have him. And it's funny because – so Wes, you said uh, you played Miles Gaskin and Madison too, because mm-hmm. I, I, I played both of those as well. I know. I, well, when he's saying that, and I agree with you. Like I, I get to trying to dissect these the rosters a little bit, and the next thing I know, I'm ordering jelly beans off of uh, some website <laughs> in Russia. I, I don't know how <laughs> this is my fantasy league. I'm sitting there clicking around, and the next thing I got some jelly beans that are cat and candy flavored coming to my house. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's a win-win. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty true. good. Send them our way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what wide receiver position is next? Do you do you, have you had a strategy on this? Like, uh, I got. Well, hold on. Let me say two things. I got two things here. One, somebody told me, or somebody texted me, or tweeted me, whatever, on Twitter, and said that I had suggested Madison, which I think Madison was a good play everywhere. Like, you had to throw him in some DFS lineups, and if you could get him in even a redraft league or something, you had to play him last week. If you if you if you had Matson sitting on your bench and you didn't start him, I don't understand why you would have him on your bench. And then in Baby Bowl, we all had to start him in Baby Bowl because that was our one shot at getting his stats for the year, probably. Right. But but somebody had said, you know, that was bad advice, and I'm thinking, no, no, we're talking Baby Bowl here. That's when I said that. That was that's great advice for Baby Bowl. Right now, I mean, you're talking like the only other consideration was going well, like Mike Boone or something, hoping he stole the touchdown from Madison, but. 
I mean, Madison looked great the week prior. He's always been like, you know, that spark athlete, super fast. He was looking at, you know, guaranteed touches in that game. And I still don't really understand how he only got out of there with four points. But, <laughs> I but you know, you had to play him. You had to have exposure. Yeah. And Rob, you know, though, I don't know that that theory is going very well in baby bowl. Like to plug in those guys like Boston Scott. I think I plugged right. Boston Scott in <laughs> earlier this year. That didn't work yeah. well. This week yep, I had same. Hardman in there to to fill in for Sammy Watkins, and really I was wrestling all week with him and Demarcus Robinson. I was wrestling with my brain, and I'm going, nope, I want the I want the high ceiling, the high ceiling this week, and and I just blew that one completely. So it's it's really like maybe the plug and play guys aren't doing as well as we think they should be. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's it's hard though, like Blake said, and like you had said already, because you know you're getting a guy that you know, is stepping into a bit like, especially with the Madison and like Boston Scott earlier in the year, you're getting a guy stepping into a full role. And in this format, you know, you can only play a guy once per year. And, um, you know, in those guys situations, this might be the only game that they get a full workload per year. So you're trying to take advantage of, of that workload. And so I think the process was right. It just, I mean, it just like Blake said, I don't know, understand how he only got four points. It's just, (laughs) pretty crazy it, it, it is crazy especially from his past performances like you were saying bruce they uh he, he just has always performed really well but not not for us this week he made us cry this week he made us cry as as uh baby bowl owners this week well who else did you have who's your wide receivers yeah so at wide receiver uh you know i started out with clay pool um i was big on him i obviously wish i had him last week but uh I just figured, you know, even being a Cleveland Browns fan, just watching the secondary, the safety seemed too slow. Our corners are, you know, not really containing anyone. So I thought Claypool would actually do even better than he ended up with. Um, but dang it, like Pittsburgh did it again with that kid. He looks really solid. Um, you know, then I went with Galladay ultimately. I, w- I was on Julio Jones like early, um, but I talked myself off of Julio and AP because I just felt like I was living in like 2010. <laughs> Um, so I went with Galladay. I, I had liked the matched up a lot there. Um, I think Jacksonville's given up like the fifth most reception yards per game and, you know, coming off the bye week, I thought, you know, they would try to get Kenny Galladay involved. Um, and it, you know, it turned into the Swift show. So, so I was close to being right with that game, but, and I was okay with the results, but it, I could have done a little better, I guess. Yeah. Did you, who'd you have it tied in? And then I had one more wide receiver who was probably the most important part of my lineup. I uh, I did have Justin Jefferson um, uh, who exploded this week. Um, I've, I've been a big fan of him this year, and, and it, you know the matchup was so great. And he was another reason I kind of talked myself off Julio because I just didn't want, you know, especially in this baby bowl format, it's hard, I think, to have so much devoted to one game. Um, so I went with Justin Jefferson who, you know, blew up. And I think he really was probably the reason I won this week. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you have at tight end? Did, so at tight end, already... yeah, rounding it out. At tight end, I had Travis Kelsey. Okay. Um, you know, I got 21 points out of him. And I think it was a good week to use him. Uh, I wish I would have played Trey Burton. I think Trey Burton was the, the pro move, 19 points. Um, and really the only notes we had on him was that he was kind of, you know, playing first team in practice. So maybe we should take those notes more serious moving forward, especially at the tight end position. No, I don't. I don't think you could have played. I don't. I, if you played Trey Burton and and succeeded, good for you. I'm I'm happy for <laughs> you. But I and I'm I really am. But I don't think yeah. that it was a 
you know, it's it it is rolling the dice a little bit more than a right. Kelsey, and I I picked Kelsey this week as well, and just because we haven't seen the Indianapolis Colt offense move the ball very well, right. and that was really that looked like a running game to me, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden Cincinnati just came out and lit the woods on fire. Right, right. No, I agree with that. Who, who did you have, Rob? I think uh, we covered all my wide receivers. Uh, Hardman is who I had, and I, I don't know who else I had. I was looking for that higher ceiling on a couple of those players, and I got absolutely nothing out of those guys. I finished with what? I, I don't know, one, 120 or something like that this week? I don't know what it was. Um, Let me see here. It might have been 108. The scores were lower I, this week, Rob. Yeah, you actually you you end up the, the Mikol – Deal yeah. kind of hurt you a little bit, so you're at 83. Um, right. But but like you said, the the scores across the entire thing were down, and a lot of it I think had to do with the fact that everyone had Madison in for that four point, so no one really, um, <laughs> you know, Blake Blake was like kind of far and away the best. I ended up in third with 124, um, and it's funny, uh, Blake and I actually had so much overlap in our lineup. And, you know, we didn't even talk about <laughs> any right. any of it even beforehand. After I saw his lineup um, and I was looking, you know, because I knew I had three guys going on Monday night. And so when I when I saw that, um, I was thinking, I was like, OK, well, if, I, if my guys go off, you know, I have a chance to really move up this leaderboard with how low scoring it's been. And then I looked at Blake's lineup and I saw he had guys going. Uh, he still had Kyler and Kelsey. And I was like, well, I'm kind of sunk there is almost no way I can get first because I had Kyler and Kelsey as well um and then I also I also had Diggs but in terms of overlap I had Kyler Miles Gaskin Alexander Madison Kenny Galladay and Kelsey um so we had five of the same players the difference was uh you know Blake had uh Claypool and Justin Jefferson and I had AJ Brown and Stefan Diggs which they did fine in their own right I'm not upset playing them uh, you know um they they definitely returned some value so it just wasn't a, a blow-up game like justin jefferson's almost 40 no, point no. game and I, I think i burned my hopkins pick is i think that was the other guy that kind of uh, fizzled out for me was hopkins and and i was trying to couple him up with kyler murray especially against that dallas defense so that's where i hit my 80s hey thanks a lot thanks thanks and then i <laughs> and then i burned my hopkins pick too i like that that was in our our twitter uh feed there for the baby bowl uh, somebody started saying i burned this guy and i burned that guy and i like the burn aspect of things Hey, let me remind everybody, they are listening to the Baby Bowl 2020 on the Fantasy Impact Today network. You can follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. And I am joined, of course, by Rob Norton. You can follow him on Twitter at Norton0723 on Twitter. And our Week 6 Baby Bowl champion, Bruce on the Loose, uh, Blake Bruce, at Blake underscore Bruce on Twitter. And we are doing our best to try to get Blake to 1,000 followers. So we went over some players who were kind of disappointing, who made us cry as fantasy owners this past week. Was there anybody else that we didn't talk about that made people cry? I think uh, Matthew Stafford, maybe as quarterback, was one of them. I think we expected more out of him this week. Cam Newton, we probably expected a little bit more out of Cam this week. He really got exposed, didn't he? Yeah, no, he really did. And that's like, what, a uh, few games in a row now he's looked bad. And, and, and you know, you hope it's not COVID-related that he's was fatigued or something. But, yeah, I was really, really surprised how well Denver c- contained him. And 
But I don't know. It's a, it's a Patriots, right? They seem to take off weeks sometimes. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Fangio is one of those guys too. Is the head coach for Denver? He might be bringing things up to a lot of another notch. And something I did think about with our Mats and Pigs and our Boston Scott things, those guys didn't have any preseason at all. And so when they're getting thrust into the moment, it the game might you know we always talk about how NFL games are so fast and so hard and it's hard to keep up with the speed. Those guys might be blown away by a little bit of this actual game speed now that all the players that they're going against are moving. You know, they're, they're, they're not in preseason games anymore, weeks one through four. So they might be really getting hurt by that. Yeah, as I say, that definitely definitely could be for sure. Who else uh, kind of disappointed us last week? Uh, did you have anybody, Rob? Um, I'd say Andrews was definitely one. I know I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure a lot of people probably, probably played him. Philadelphia had been kind of getting gashed by tight end. Um, you know, I, I always like tell people like, especially with tight end defense, like is, there's a lot like, you know, there's some real smart like analysts out there that will tell you um, that tight end defense has a lot of noise in it. And, you know, even like the Arizona, you know, everyone played, played uh, tight end against Arizona last year and it worked out. And that was, that was, you know, they, they couldn't stop the tight end and, you know, but sometimes it's, it's very matchup specific. So, um, not saying that to avoid, you know, tight ends and good matchups like that doesn't, you know, not what I'm meaning, but, you know, it's not always the best kind of thing, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of people took Andrews thinking that he would do much better. And, and the crazy part is that they had a close game too. Um, they only won by two. So, and he only finished with four points. So that one, I'm sure um, frustrated a lot of people and, you know, Another one, Zeke, he didn't really have a, a great game as well. He fumbled, you know, had a couple fumbles on Monday night. Um, you know, anyone who played him was probably disappointed with, with only 12. Um, same thing, you know, Mike Evans only had two points. Tyreek yeah. only 5.5. So I'm sure if anyone played those guys, they were, they were uh, definitely disappointed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was another one that had just a bad fantasy week last week. <laughs> I, whatever format you're in, he, he only scored five in one of the formats that I'm looking at right now or some somewhere in that neighborhood, which is just, it's hard to say that and Aaron Rodgers in the same breath, you know? Yeah, for sure. He He's, you know, you, over the years and especially, you know, five, five, six years ago or, and further back, he was, you know, just a consistent elite fantasy quarterback year in and year out. You could just always count on him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's seen that kind of dip, um, over the past three to four years. And, um, he, he has played pretty well, um, to begin this year. He started out on fire the first few weeks. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, he had, he had definitely had a down week. Yeah, Bruce Allen Robinson, as far as wide receivers go, he he was really disappointing this past week. We didn't mention his name at all. I, I'm glad you stayed away from him. Yeah, no, I agree. And I did actually, unfortunately, get affected by that in one of my leagues. A uh, big Allen Robinson fan, and and he really, you know, crapped the bed. It, it, everything we've seen to that point, you know, he's been getting peppered with targets. So it was interesting he didn't go out there and do a little more. He seems one of those guys that's super safe every week. Yeah, he does, and and he does have a bunch of targets. It 
curious as to what's going on there in Chicago. It seems like it's very hard to uh, dissect from week to week what's going to happen in their ball games. All right, guys. So let's let's look forward to this week. We're going into week number seven, um, and and we're always affected by the bye weeks. Now there's some big games on the board, and you always got to look at the point totals. I think from Vegas to be able to make out good baby bowl lineups. At least that that has to be some type of. Uh, uh, you know, the rule that you have to do. And Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, that's slated for 56.5 points. Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans, that one's at 56.5. Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinal game total is at 56.5 points as well. And then I would want to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Las Vegas Raiders, the Sunday night game, is at 53.5. Uh, you guys eyeing anybody there for quarterback, or are you looking elsewhere? Honestly, on quarterback, I think I might go Josh Allen this week. Um, I'm expecting, you know, a big bounce back game. The matchup's nice, and and he, I feel like they're going to be playing with their chip on the shoulder after losing, you know, the way they did to Kansas City. Um, so I don't know. I kind of have my eyes on him a little bit at quarterback. I could see that one. I could see that. It looks like a running game. Uh, I think Buffalo's slated for about 32 points this game, and the Jets, of course, only slated for about 17. Uh, so I think they're going to run the ball a lot, but that falls right into Josh Allen's wheelhouse, especially right. if they get down in the red zone. He's calling his own number, it seems like, nowadays. That's a good call by you. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I like the. I definitely like the Josh Allen call. Um, he's one that's in consideration for me as well. Um, I, I will say, like, if you – um, I've used both of these guys already, Russell and Kyler. So that game looks like it could be a fun game. Uh, those two going against each other. And, um, so, you know, that game could turn into a shootout. So those are some viable options, but I like, I like what you mentioned with the, um, Detroit Atlanta game. That game's, you know, going to be in Atlanta. Both those defenses are bad. Um, you know, it's going to be in a dome. I got my eye on Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. So, both of those guys, I think, are, are are viable options as well. The highest team total this week, just to let everybody know, the Los Angeles Chargers at 39 points is what they're slated for. That's a predicted oh, wow. score by odds, by, by NFL scores, betting odds, and stuff like that. So Odd Shark is where I'm looking at. And they're, they have a predicted score of 39 points. Now, you know, hey. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know that I could get that on a Vegas line anywhere, but that was their predicted <laughs> score. And I'm looking at that going, wow, that's a lot of points. Uh, Rams are slated for 34 points, by the way, as a as a, as a bad week. You know what I'm going to do this week, Rob? This is what I thought of doing. You and I have got a mutual friend in uh, Chris Robin, right? He writes that uh, bottom of the barrel article each and every week. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to cherry pick from his bottom of the barrel article this week. I want to see I want to see what happens because you and I see that he has a little bit of success on that picking some of those some of those guys. And uh, I, I think I'm going to cherry pick. I, I I just jinxed Chris though. Man, I did that to him. My bad, Chris. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I'm going to say he's definitely uh, been been killing it on the uh, the bottom of the barrel stuff. It, it seems like I, I don't know who I'm going to go with at quarterback, but I have not rolled the dice yet. With uh, that Charger quarterback, and I just may take a flyer on him, uh, Herbert. Herbert. I always want to call him A Bear because when I was growing up, they we had the Bobby A Bear as a quarterback, and I think the last names were spelled the same. 
Uh, okay, running back. Running back. Uh, well, you talked about Buffalo Bills, and I think it sets up in a nice spot for Zach Moss possibly in the second half of that game to be able to get some running time. I, I, Devin Singletary seems to be their explosive back, and I think they got to get that rookie going in order to uh, just have success this season. They're going to have to start pounding that rocket, especially at some point when the weather changes up there in Buffalo. Uh, who are you thinking about, Bruce, at running back this week? Yeah, so I'm um, kind of, you know, online with that Chargers game. I do have Justin Jackson starred right now. Um, I think he could have a big game. You know, if it's not Herbert throwing all the touchdowns, then I think Jackson might be able to, you know, poach a few and run them in. Other running backs that I have wrote down, I have, I do like Antonio Gibson, um, that Washington football team playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys seem like they can't start anybody or can't stop anybody and really mm-hmm. seem you know, disinterested as the games go on too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that Dallas Washington game. I do like uh, Gibson, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, a, a Cleveland plug. I think, you know, the clock's ticking on him with the full workload and he's got a great matchup this week. So those are really the three that I'm looking at now. And I do have Singletary's name wrote down. I know you'd mentioned the Buffalo matchup. So I, f- I would feel a little safer going with Singletary, but I do really like the Zach Moss call. I think he's, he's going to start, seeing more volume as the year progresses. Uh, Rob, let me ask you about that Washington backfield because Gibson is that name that everybody likes and rightfully so. The guy is very talented, but I'm kind of worried about what Bruce said because McKissick has been getting so much work in Washington right now, but I could see this trying to get the young guy going game too, uh, other than leaning on that veteran. I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Rob? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so uh, McKissick, it's it's kind of funny because in the league that Blake and I have been in together for a long time, I actually have McKissick filling in at, at running back, my running back spot for some injured guys right now. So I definitely don't mind him. I would lean Gibson, though, if I was going for baby bowl purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard. I, I, I try to avoid when it comes down to those kind of things, like I, I do like Gibson for sure this week. Uh, he's actually one that's on my list. Um, but those guys like in the secondary kind of roles, I try to avoid them until they get the, the more of a, more of a role. So at least for, like I said, for baby bowl purposes. So that's kind of where I'm leaning the way on, on that situation. But in terms of guys that I'm, I'm looking at, I, I love the cream hunt call. Um, like Blake said, your clock is kind of ticking on uh, time to use him before Chubb comes back. So um, for me, I'm I'm just debating whether I want to use him this week or next week because he has great matchups both weeks. So he's either you know he's got Cincy this week and next week they're playing the Raiders and those are you know two of the worst in terms of you know running backs. He's he's definitely on my radar. I like the Singletary call. As well, Ronald Jones is a guy that I'm mm. I've been kind of looking at. Yeah. Um, they're like I said, like I mentioned with that Raiders team, there I think they're letting up the most points to running backs right now, and they, you know, letting up a lot of pass work as well to running backs. So I know Ronald Jones hasn't looked great in the passing game, but he's ripped off three straight hundred yard games now. So um, I'm going to be probably, you know, checking on the news with uh, Fournette seeing you know, throughout the week, how much they think he could be involved with the, with the, what the news is on that. And it still seems like he's kind of questionable heading into the week um, with how Ronald Jones is playing. I might end up using him before Fournette gets fully healthy. So 
those are some guys that I'm leaning in. Obviously, you know, anyone, if anyone hasn't used Mike Davis, it's, I, it's a weekly thing that I, I'm, you know, preaching that if you haven't used Mike Davis, use Mike Davis. I was going to say in that Cleveland Brown Cincinnati game, I think it is scheduled for rain. I think it's supposed to rain that get that game. And me okay. personally, I'm looking at that Baker Mayfield situation too because if it, 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 the the Browns played terrible last week and Kareem Hunt had a bad game last week and I think it was due to a lot of the fact that they couldn't make any first downs, right? And they didn't have to worry about Baker throwing the ball. And so if Baker's back there in that pocket again, I think they're going to have trouble moving the ball and even if Case Keenum does get his shot this week, it could be the same thing. I I don't know. I may I, I may be scared to play Kareem Hunt. I almost like him better in that secondary role, and I know he doesn't get as many touches. But man, whenever he got into the game, he looked ten times faster than anybody else on the field because he was well rested. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm not scared to use Kareem Hunt any other week. I, I think I I might be a little hesitant to take him this week. That's my thoughts. All right, wide receivers. Wide receivers, you got to be leaning towards. I, I, if you haven't used Keenan Allen, I think you got to be leaning towards a Keenan Allen if he's healthy. If not, a Mike Williams sounds really tasty right now with that Los Angeles point total. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually have Mike Williams right now third on my list. Uh, I just have names, not by position or anything, but I do have Mike Williams wrote down. Um, Jacksonville, they have that corner, CJ Henderson. I, I'm actually big on him. I, th- I think he's going to be a good shutdown corner in the league. So we'll see how he matches up with Allen, but that might even free Mike Williams up. And then, you know, we have to watch uh, the injury reports as well on Mike Williams, but I, I do like Mike Williams a ton this week. I would agree with you on that one. Who are you eyeballing, Rob? Yeah, so I love I love the Keenan Allen call too, um, and Mike Williams. Like, the that Jag sec- secondary, like, I, I'm a fan of C.J. Henderson as well, like Blake said. Um He's been he's been a little banged up as well. So like like he was saying, make sure to check the injury reports on both sides because you know their their secondary's been banged up and Keenan Allen um, he's been, he left last game a little banged up, but they're coming off a of bye. So I'm I'm thinking he'll probably be good to go. And uh, both of those guys are producing great with Herbert uh, under center. So you know Allen's been seeing a ridiculous amount of targets with with Herbert and. And Mike Williams obviously showed he has, um, you know, a lot of ceiling potential as well. So I like both of those guys. Um, I also like, uh, as I mentioned before, with that Detroit-Atlanta game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. You could go to Calvin Ridley if you haven't used him, Julio if you haven't used him, um, Galladay if you haven't used him. And I, I really like Jamison Crowder a lot too. I mean – Jamison Crowder is a guy you can never go wrong with in a PPR format. I mean, he's seen um, 10 plus targets in all four games he's played and they're going against Buffalo, which Buffalo, you know, has a reputation for being a, you know, a shutdown defense. But the thing is, is Buffalo lets up a ton of points to the slot receiver. Um, You know, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, Tredavious White is locking down the top outside guy. So, you know, and they're such a, they're generally, they at least used to be a very good run defense, but that slot receiver seems to really thrive against Buffalo. And we know that the only thing that thrives under Gase is a slot receiver. So (laughs) Crowder seems like he's kind of set up for a, for a good spot this week. And plus, you know, he's been, 
banged up over his, the course of his career. So he's another guy that you kind of want to get in there before he gets hurt inevitably. Yeah, and Michael Thomas's first game back against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that may be somebody who people are forgetting about. Um, just not a name we're looking for because it's the first time he's going to play, I believe. <laughs> so yeah, Michael Thomas. I was going to say, it was like that, was it first week or, yeah, first week he mm-hmm. he played and, and uh, got hurt. Unfortunately for me, I used him that first week. So I uh, took the took the dud and can't use him again. So I'm sure some people who haven't used him will end up reaping the reward, rewards, whether it's this week or in a future weeks. And I'm sorry, but I, I'm looking at Terry McLaurin. I don't know that there's anybody else on the Washington Redskins, uh, Washington football team that I could play as far as the wide receivers go. But I am looking at a McLaurin. I, that, that Dallas, that Dallas Cowboy team just looked like they were done. I don't. That I'm sure they'll bounce back. You would think they would bounce back, but I, I don't know that they will. I, it's very interesting, and I know that the the Washington football team is going to play hard for Ron Rivera. Speaking of that, Logan Thomas finally came to life a little bit. Maybe Kyle Allen's that spark that people are looking for in that locker room. And he might be a good play against those Dallas Cowboys because he's more of a receiving tight end than just a sneaky tight end. You know, they're actually looking for him in that game plan. What about you, Bruce? Who are you looking at as tight end? Are you looking at a Hawkinson or somebody like that? Yeah, honestly, on tight end, uh, you know, I'm getting to the point where I need to start deep diving. I've been using some of the, the top guys, so... It'll be interesting to see. Um, I have used pretty much all the top guys. I haven't used Logan Thomas, so that's definitely a good consideration. I like. I have liked uh, how he's looked out there. And, you know, like you mentioned, Dallas defense pretty much has holes everywhere, Swiss cheese. Um, so he could be good. Um, another sleeper, maybe like if, if Drew Sample, he might be good against Cleveland. Um and you know, if you're feeling really risky, maybe we can you could roll Gronk again. <laughs> oh boy, that is risky. Two weeks in a row, he's still <laughs> right. popping Advil right now. <laughs> I believe. Hey Rob, I think I think Fisker might be a name we need to pay attention to as well. With Jonu Smith maybe being a little bit banged up, and even if he's not, Fisker still gets a couple of looks here and there. Yeah, for sure. He um, he's definitely a guy that's definitely on the radar for sure. Um, I would I would be a little bit hesitant to use him if you know if Janu is ruled active, just because it's you know it's 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 risky. But like you said, he does get some looks and he'll he'll steal a, a touchdown or two. But if Janu's out, you know that guy that he might be a, even though that that's a it's a tough matchup against uh, Pittsburgh. But I believe they uh, yeah they lost Devin Bush, um, who was one of their best linebackers, most most athletic. And so, yeah, uh, he he could be a guy that that uh, you plug in, you know, as we as we all like to do in uh, the injury fill-ins. But for me, like I'm with Blake. I've used a lot of the top guys. I've used Kittle. I've used Kelsey. Um, I haven't used Waller yet, but I don't know if I'm going to go to him in this in this uh, matchup in this week. Um, Hunter Henry might be one too. Yeah, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, and the, when I was first looking through who I had available, Hunter Henry and T.J. Hawkinson were kind of the two that popped out to me the most. Because, like I, 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 as I was mentioning before, with that Detroit Atlanta game, I just really think it's going to be a, a high scoring shootout. So, Hawkinson is a guy that's consideration. Hunter Henry is another guy, and then, like you mentioned, if you're if you're going deep, um, I like the the 
sleeper call from Blake for Drew Sample. I believe like I haven't I haven't looked too much into it yet, but I think that was the game that I think the Cleveland game was the game that Drew Sample had his good game when he mm-hmm. was on the left. So that that definitely could be a guy that is a kind of a sleeper. Yeah, yeah I, I love Hawkinson and Henry too. Uh, I've used both of them, unfortunately. But yeah, if you have one of those guys available, I'd roll them out. I say we all just really take risks, and each one of us pick one of the New England Patriot tight ends that are on the <laughs> roster and see what happens. <laughs> and just okay. roll it out. They don't even play with the tight end position anymore. I don't even know that they play with the wide receiver position anymore. I don't know what is going on there. Boy, Cam Newton, if he can't call his own number, he seems to just really, really struggle. The San Francisco 49ers may just take them out to the woodshed this weekend. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I agree. Like they, it's, it's, it's really strange, too, because I, I think I saw a stat today that said that Edelman, you know, had – more yards in that one game where where he and Cam were hooking up pretty good, and then he had in all the other games combined. So mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting to see them, you know, so up and down each week. You know, Cam started out on fire, and then like Blake had mentioned before, you know, he got he had the COVID thing and was out, and you know, it's just kind of like they're they've they've been so up and down. So it'll be interesting to see. And like you said, they they. San Francisco, especially coming off a game like that, they might be um, ready to take them out back. Yeah, and Cam's another guy who, when you have him out there and he's winning, he's fun to watch. In my opinion, he just have he's having a good time. It's it's fun to watch him do that. Uh, if you're kind of like Cam Newton, you may not like Cam Newton at all, so that may not be fun at all. But I, so I'm on a mission. Then two things, I'm on a mission. One is to get Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Dallas Cowboys so we can have fun still in the NFL. Number two, get Julian Edelman over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just uh, – that's my mission this year, and I don't know how I'm going to do that. I need to petition the NFL or something to make that happen. But that would make football much better place to watch uh, or to to, to much better better place to be. Hey, Bruce, good job. Thank you for the insights. I'm going to steal all of your advice, and I will put them in my baby bowl lineups, and and that way (laughs) I will be able to, to at least tie you this week. How about that? Hey, I'm okay with that. I do want to say, uh, throw out one more guy. I I never have played a Thursday night guy yet in the Baby Bowl, but I oh. think I might have to run Fulgham out there this week. I I have a feeling, you know, there's just not enough time to prepare for the Giants game, so he's going to be the number one receiver again, and, and he's got ten plus targets, you know, the past two games. So Fulgham might be a guy that you want to keep your eyes on as well. I think too. If and I'm, we're not going to get this out there probably by the waiver wire claiming time in most leagues. But uh, who, who's the who's the other rookie Mims? Is that his name for the Philadelphia Eagles? Rager. Rager. Rager thank you. Yep. Thank you, Rager. Uh, you, I think Rager is probably coming back off of IR sometime soon. So he might be one of those sneaky waiver wire pickups that you can get uh, just to slide into your IR and carry him for a little bit because – you know, Philadelphia is, are they, are they leading that division? Are they tied for the lead in that? I don't know. <laughs> no, they're one forward one. So they're probably in second place. So <laughs> yeah. It's um, crazy how bad that is. Ah, that is really, I think the Cowboys are winning that division at two and four. <laughs> <laughs> so It's crazy. I mean, maybe that's the only reason Dallas doesn't fully give up because every other year they would, but they're still in the division lead. Like you, like you said, get, 
Given, given Sunday, Sunday. Uh, I think it was a uh, Derek Cardi on on Twitter said, "Send a send a fifth round pick and get Fitzpatrick." He named he be, he named a bunch of teams and um, got some people real fired up at him. So check that out. It's it's okay. it's pretty funny how how upset some people are about the the teams he called out. But Dallas was one of them. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Us get get Fitzpatrick over to Dallas. Let him let him. Uh, sling it in that offense and it's it that'll be a ton of fun wouldn't that be exciting oh man he would slide in perfect too it would be super could you imagine jerry jones watching fitz magic come on now he'd have a heart attack up there in the booth (laughs) right i think Uh, honestly they would win that division at that point i feel like yeah no i agree and it's attainable right you say the fifth round probably gets it done and we'll see it would be fun to watch. I, I just don't want Fitz, Fitz Magic to end. Hey, great job, Bruce. Make sure we get Bruce up to over a thousand followers. If you don't mind, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Blake underscore Bruce on Twitter. Bruce on the loose. And make sure you tell not only follow him, but tell a friend to follow him as well so we can get him up to over a thousand followers. And congratulations there, Mr. Blake. We uh, hope to talk to you again sometime this year. Yes, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity, Wes. And, you know, it was fun to, you know, get back back on here with Rob. We go ba- way back to uh, Chris Johnson days of our fantasy football league. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> UK, um, UK, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, I appreciate all the work you do on the Baby Bowl and everything and coming on here each and every week and getting all these uh, different guests on here. You do a great job with all this stuff, and thank you for keeping all of us tuned in on what the Baby Bowl is doing. Yeah, I appreciate it, Wes. I appreciate the kind words, and thanks you know, every week for having, having me and, and the top score on. I appreciate that. No problem at all. Make sure you're following Rob as well, and he drops those DFS articles at the end of the week at Norton0723 on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter as well, Wes Easley, at Loafinit on Twitter. And don't forget about the show at FI Today with a little underscore at the bottom of it or at the end of it. And you can then get uh, tuned into all of the different podcasts that get released here on the Fantasy APAC Today Network. Head over to Anchor FM. Do a big favor to the show, and we really appreciate it. Make sure you tell your friends as well. You've been doing a great job tuning into all these different podcasts podcast here on the fantasy impact today network but more importantly than all those actions by you we want to encourage you to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today